You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Little fellow, you must have given up the hope of living. Uh Uh-uh. On the contrary, I do not let the word death bother me. Same here, baby. Then what are you waiting for? Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello, welcome to Triviality, the show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Ken, and uh, unfortunately I am deceased this morning. I woke up pretty sick, but I'm going to do my best to be your host today. Uh, in the studio, our normal panel, Neil, Jeff, and Matt. How you guys doing? Yeah, I mean, even though I'm not sick, I'm also chugging the day quill, because I just like it sometimes. Yeah, well, that's all right. I mean, that's just, you know, we can't knock you for that. I uh, I have a gift for Ken here. Uh, it is the handbook for the recently deceased to help you in your, your quest in the afterlife. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And Jeff. Je- and Jeff's here too. Yeah. Doing significantly better than some of the other people at the table. So. Well, I'm glad you're feeling good. Uh, <laughs> for now. I, I guess <laughs> I guess it is suitable that I'm, I'm relatively dead today because this is a game of death. Mm. And uh, coming into us from Skype, we have Russ Friedewald. How are you doing today? Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome to the Pagoda. It's weird being on a trivia podcast and not being part of the Sinister Six. <laughs> for a while, I thought it was uh, required, or to be uh, Ryan Cliff Corn Myers. Yeah, I'm sure they're here with you in spirit. Yeah, well, Russ, Russ is uh, one of our oldest uh, uh, listeners, and and, uh, and oh, he's not that old, Neil. Don't well, we? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he means we go way back. Uh, we yeah. go way yeah, back. Yeah, we, we go way back. We, uh, we met Russ uh, at our uh, our brunch uh, before Geek Bowl. Uh, he, he came and uh, supported the show, and uh, also we we had talked then about having him on a game of death, and it's just it's been overdue. So we're really excited to have him here. Yeah, it kind of kept getting pushed back, huh? Mm. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I think it also was our um, our you know our fate. We knew that we were going to get smoked, so yeah. we're just putting it off so that we could all be oh. ready. I feel like once we lost <laughs> one, then we could have Russ on. <laughs> that's been broken and we're fine now so uh, yeah russ uh, tell us a little bit about yourself uh well i live in springfield illinois uh run uh during the day i write software uh and at night or on weekends i uh run a company called trivia workshop and i also uh write and edit for a company called twin city trivia in, in bloomington oh very nice so you're, we, f- so you're familiar with trivia is that i uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you know, 
Off he's, and on. he's on the right show. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, so the rules of the game are pretty simple on this one. It's a game of death. So uh, we're going to start off with each uh, member of Triviality's specialty. Five questions per round. Then we're going to go into the uh, swing round in which uh, Russ will have the opportunity to uh, win double points because he'll be playing against the entire group. We're going to do Russ's specialty round against who he thinks is the weakest in his uh, chosen category. And then we'll go to the final round where uh, Team Triviality will work together and try to topple Russ. But he will try to be throwing us from the pagoda. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And we lost very the last nervous, one, right? Very nervous. I think. I think we lost. I, I, the, all I, I'm at a base point now of that we're losing, so I can't remember. <laughs> we, we did. That was the, uh, that was the unfortunate Batman round. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Where they called Jeff out. Yeah, that's where when I knew all the answers too. That's okay. That's what happens. That's just part of it. <laughs> that's part of choosing the category. Uh, Russ, uh, before we get started, uh, you write trivia. You love trivia. You play it all the time. Um, do you a have a favorite uh, trivia show that you watched uh, that got you into trivia, or is there a specific moment in your life that was that uh, kind of turned the tide for you? And you're like, oh, you know, I really love trivia. I want to keep doing it. I think it was just um, you know I did Scholastic Bowl in high school and um, used to play Trivial Pursuit, obviously with my parents and their friends. Uh, but uh, maybe game shows. Uh, Joker's Wild and things like that in the 70s and then Jeopardy obviously in the 80s because for me it was that uh, the scene in Billy Madison where they had the trivia bowl and they just said, that's, that's <laughs> exactly. for me business <laughs> ethics well this game is uh, going to go out to all the parents that uh, Russ beat uh, when he was a teenager at Trivial Pursuit who yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> felt slighted yeah sorry about that all right well without further ado let's get started with the game and again I apologize for all my uh, sniffles and uh choking up all right first question let's go to anil first oh okay. he's going to be first level of the pagoda today right. welcome to sniffyality sniffyality i'm going to do my best not to do that but <laughs> it's going to happen all right question number one the operator of the illegal black market website silk road assumed what nickname once assumed by carrie elwes in a film much like the story of the film, the nickname passed to another operator after the original website was taken down by law enforcement. So I just want to know the nickname. I'm locked in. <laughs> the first thing, I might have you repeat it real quick, but the first thing that I, that comes to my, my mind is Black Hat, um, which was the was a Michael Mann film about uh, cybersecurity with uh, Chris Hemsworth. And I know that has to do with like hacking and stuff. Um, immediately, a fancy bear came to my mind, which I believe is the Russian hacking group um yeah I, I think i might be wrong but i i know the other clues here and i'm i'm struggling to pull the other part so i'm just gonna kind of i'm gonna tap by saying black hat that's my locked in uh answer okay russ i didn't really know it from the uh the actual side of the silk road thing but uh in the princess bride carrie always plays the uh, dread pirate roberts so that is the answer i'm gonna lock in with Yep, and Russ is correct for the first question. It is the Dread Pirate Roberts. Good job. Thank you. I'm surprised you didn't go with the movie route there. Well, I, I was going to, and, and I knew it was Princess Bride, and uh, I haven't seen it in a while, and I couldn't mm-hmm. think of his name. Gotcha. So um, I kept hearing Anigo Montoya, which I knew was incorrect. So I was like, well, I'll just go the other route. Go Andre the Giant, which is always an answer in our games. Yeah, right. <laughs> Want a peanut? <laughs> All right, second question. What actor has portrayed the following villains on the big and small screen? Palpatine, Long John Silver, and Cardinal Richelieu. 
Okay, so I think his name is Ian. Uh, why can't I get... I, can't, I keep getting Dermot Mulroney and Dylan McDermott in my head, but I feel like it's close to Ian McDermott. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to say Ian McDermott. Okay, and Russ? Yeah, I'm wrong too. Um, I, I had the same thing. I, I know it's Ian, but uh, there was a crossword clue yesterday about Ian Holm, so I had my brain stuck on Ian Holm, so that's what I said. Sure. Okay, well, well, a guy named Ian did portray Palpatine in uh, most of the, I think all of the Star Wars films, right, Neil? Yeah. Same guy. Uh, this is actually a voice actor for Palpatine in uh, one of the TV shows. Uh, he portrayed Long John Silver in a movie and uh, Cardinal Richelieu in one of the Three Musketeers movies. That's Tim Curry. <laughs> oh, Pennywise. Yeah, yeah. indeed. That would, that would have been too much of a yeah. giveaway. I, I wasn't even thinking oh, okay. of voiceover yeah. whatsoever, which is my, you know, my the, Achilles the evil there. garbage monster from Ferngully. I yeah. think I would have. <laughs> Hexus. Oh, God, I didn't know that. <laughs> All right. Number three. If you were at the House of Blue Leaves talking to a Japanese man who looks like Charlie Brown, what film have you found yourself in? I'm looking. Oh God, I'm having a I'm having a bad, bad morning here. I definitely know it. Um, I yeah, I don't, I can't think of the reference. Um, sleep slash, slash preparation. So uh, I'm gonna lock in with Mulholland Drive. Okay, and Russ. Um, I just. <laughs> uh, I'm nowhere close to Mulholland Drive. Uh, I said Kill Bill Volume 1. It is Kill Bill Volume uh, 1. Yes. I knew it wasn't Mulholland Drive, for the record. I just said Mulholland Drive. <laughs> when you said it, I was like, oh, God. She literally I'm calls different. the guy Charlie Brown. Yeah. Well, that's fine. All right. Tarantino. No. <laughs> Your fave. That's, that's Neil's justification for missing it. He just goes, eh, Tarantino. All right, number four. I'd just like you to name one hockey team mentioned in the movie Goon. Fictional hockey teams. Fictional hockey team mentioned in Goon. I don't think any real teams are actually mentioned. Excuse me. I can see all the colors of the teams, and I've, I've only seen this movie once. It was great, but that was a long time ago. I've never seen it, so I'm just going to lock in with... Mm. Good sports guess. <laughs> okay, I have, I have a guess. It's, it's incorrect, I'm sure. Okay, let's start with Russ. Uh, I'm just going to say the Chiefs. The Chiefs? Okay, that's not a bad guess. Yeah, I, uh, I was, I was going to say Chiefs as well for Slapshot, but uh, I just went slap with, shot, with yeah. Stars. The Stars? <laughs> All right. Ah. Well, looking over my list, I don't have Chiefs and I don't have Stars, mm. but some of the notable uh, names of teams would be the Highlanders, the Shamrocks, the Victories, the Patriots, the Assassins, and then kind of down the list there are some other ones mentioned and shown, but uh, those are lesser teams. Mm. So Good. All right. And lastly, question five. Giovanni Ribisi's performance in what film was said to be based on Spike Jones, who, needless to say, had a very intimate relationship with the film's director at the time? Um, locked in. Giovanni Ribisi, Spike Jones. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I don't know. I, I'll say Boiler Room. I don't know. I have no idea. Okay, Neil. Uh, I, I was going to say Saving Private Ryan, but, uh, that would not be correct. Uh, the correct answer I believe is lost in translation. Yep. It is lost in translation. Oh, Sophia Coppola. Okay. Oh, that's right. Okay. Way to not get shut out there, Neil. I know. At least pulling I got through, one. Pulling through at the end. Uh, so I believe after the uh, first five there, Russ has 20 and Team Triviality has 10. That is correct. It's proving to be a tough one. Let's move right along to Matt. All right. See how he can muster these questions. I feel so disappointed in myself. The last one, 
I cleaned out that round, and this one uh, did not perform. I had my fantasy football draft last night, so if there's a question about Saquon Barkley, I am in. <laughs> All right. Hope there's not a question about Saquon Barkley. <laughs> Russ, are you prepared to face Matt in sports? In no way am I prepared to face Matt in sports. This is my worst category. Well, so. I was equally unprepared to write these sports questions, so here we go. <laughs> Good. Number Excellent. one. After much out-of-octagon spectacle... Conor McGregor is slated to make his return in UFC 229 against what opponent? Mm-mm. UFC is a huge Black weak hole. spot. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. If it's, if it's not tangentially related to WWE, I'm pretty lost on UFC. <laughs> uh, lock in, yes. I think it's like a big name because I know that they're trying to do like a huge PPVU number. Uh I'm, I think this guy recently came back and is fighting again, so I just put Rampage Jackson. And Russ? No. <laughs> well, I guess it's not Ronda Rousey. <laughs> um, be- but I, I have no guess. I don't really follow you. Uh, one name I know is Nate Diaz, but I'm sure that's not it. Okay. Well, Matt was right. It is a big name in that it's a very long name. It is Khabib Nurmagomedov. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't even been able to spell that. It'd be a real barn burner, I bet. Kind of couldn't even say it. <laughs> yeah. Nurma Gometov. Okay. Nurma Gometov, right? Nurma Gometov, yeah, oh, that yeah, sounds yeah. right. Nurma Gometov. Perfect. All right, moving on to number two. Unfortunately, no points that time. But what superlative does famed pitcher Tony Mullane boast from his career spanning 1881 to 1894? <laughs> Wait, Nolan Ryan is second on the list with 277 next to Tony's 343. So what do those numbers represent in those two men's careers, basically? So in other words, this guy Tony Mullane has, th- has the most of these with 343. Nolan Ryan has the second most with 277. What, w- what was his career span, the first guy? 1881 to ni- uh, to 1894. I'll lock in. Um, so he's locked in. I only ask that because if I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's something like uh, shut, like complete game shutouts or something like that. But like in 13 seasons, 300, you figure you only get about 30 starts to see. I guess they did more back then because they probably only pitched on like two or three days rest. Um, but I'm, I guess I'm going to lock in then with complete game shutout. Okay. And Russ? Ooh, that was so close to one of the things I had on my list. Um, so I put down complete games, not necessarily shutouts. But then I thought those old-time pitchers probably had double that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had – what's another thing a pitcher can do? Um, <laughs> strikeouts, obviously, that's way too low because there's lots of guys with well over 300 strikeouts in a season. It's got to be box, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just box. Couldn't figure out how oh, to get Well, that's first. another one uh, I said wild pitches. Okay. And career wild pitches is actually correct. Oh, wow. Wow. So Russ gets points no there. Way. Yeah. Throws a wild pitch, but it actually connects. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Just a bit outside. And number three. Let's see if Matt can come back a little bit here. One of the top contenders in naming the potential new Seattle NHL team is this, though it is unclear if the logo would be a mountain or a Simpsons action star. Okay, I'm I'm locked in, tepidly. Okay, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, 
a mountain or a Simpsons action star? Jeff hates the question. Why? I hate that I, hate that I know it. <laughs> I'm wrong, and I'm very mad I'm, about it. Matt's having a revelation. Oh, good. It takes the pressure off me then. Um, it's not Radioactive Man. <laughs> or Fallout Boy. I don't know. I'll say the Olympias, since it's close to Olympia, Washington, mm-hmm. presumably. Okay. And uh, Matt had a revelation while Russ was thinking. Yeah, I had written down Wolfcastle because that's his last name, but I'm guessing you're talking about the mountain, Mount Rainier, and his name's Rainier Wolfcastle. Oh, Rainier's right there in Seattle. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, so uh, no points on this one, but the correct answer is the Rainiers. I, okay. I, I like didn't even think when I said I just went right to Wolfcastle because I'm like maybe there's a mountain called Wolfcastle. <laughs> and just to be clear, just to be clear, that name is only in the running as the team has not been uh, validated yet. Mm-hmm. When are they going to be an uh, official team? Probably 2020, hopefully, mm-hmm. if if it goes according to plan. But just them two, not like another team with them. No, they did uh, the Golden Knights, you know, last year. So yeah, I wish other sports would add more teams because that was so exciting when the Jaguars and the Panthers came out back in the old days. So, I don't know. That's just my take. Oh, hot take. <laughs> 90s had a lot of new teams. It's a uh, lukewarm take. <laughs> all right. Number four. The Red Orbach Trophy is awarded for what in the NBA? I can tell you it's not for starring in Law and Order. Am I right? Oh. Aha. I'll lock in. I, n- I think I know this one. It's Jerry Orbach. It's because it's pronounced uh, Arbach. <laughs> all right. I'm firing Neil right now for that joke. <laughs> yeah. Famous Broadway star as well. Look up his Broadway career. He's great. Red Arbach? Yeah. <laughs> no, Jerry. Jerry Arbach. You locked in, Russ? Oh, yeah. This yeah. is one I think I definitely know. I yeah. Don't... Red Arbach, the famous Celtics coach. So I'm saying coach of the year. And Russ? NBA coach of the year. Yep. yep. You guys are both correct. So hey. points for that one. That hasn't happened yet. Good job, Russ. <laughs> and finally, number five. What jersey number was worn at different times by the likes of Terry Bradshaw, Roger Staubach, and Bob Greasy? I'm locked in. Yeah, I think I am too, unless I'm getting this confused with Bob Greasy's terrible son, Brian Greasy, and his awful run at Spares <laughs> quarterback. Uh, but I locked in with 12. Okay, and Russ? Also said 12. I was a Steelers fan around the time they were good in uh, the uh, late 70s. 12 is correct. Good job, guys. Yeah. All right. So let's and, get a uh, points recap. All right, Russ picking up. 30 points to get to 50 and team triviality just picking up 20 to make it 30 so 50 to 30 heading into the swing round all right it's quite the fight going into the swing round let's uh see what happens uh triviality can finally work together on these so today we are going to be doing film translations i'm going to be telling you the uh names of films in the original language or in one case the renamed film in english uh and you'll just tell me what they're best known in the United States as, okay? Okay. Okay. Oh boy. So this is the you're giving us the English translation. No, we're I'm giving you a, a very poorly pronounced uh, foreign oh foreign oh. translation. Oh boy. Oh, and then okay. you 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 give me the English title. Can we actually have the oh. dubbed version of your yeah. reading? <laughs> <laughs> All right. The first one is the one I was most nervous about, so I put it right at the front. It's Wohu King Long. All right, the second one, Danny the Dog. The third one, Lola Rent. Next, El Bruno, El Bruto, El Cativo. Next is 
Sento Chohiro no Kamikakushi. Next is Detsyond in Seglet. And next is Ladri de Bicicleta. Next is Cidade de Dios. Here's one that'll be fun to say in French. Les Gafandres et le Papillon. And last in German, Das Leben der Anderen. Okay, so again, number one, Wohu Keng Long. Number two, Danny the Dog. Number three, Lola Rent. Number four, Il Buono, Il Bruto, Il Cattivo. Number five, Sento Chohiro no Kamikakushi. Six, Detsyond in Seglet. Seven, Ladri de Bicicleta. Eight, Cidade de Dius. Nine, L'Escafandre et la Papillon. And ten, Das Leben der Anderen. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so uh, we are ready to get these answers. Um, let's start with number one, Wohu Keng Long. Uh, let's start with Russ. I have no idea. Um, I just said King Kong. Okay. And uh, Team Triviality? Uh, believing that this is Chinese kind of alluded to the fact that the words were not separated. And knowing that Long is Chinese for dragon, we went to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Ah, yep. Yeah. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is correct on that one. Number two was simply Danny the Dog. What did you have, Team Triviality? Uh, so that one is the uh, the Jet Li, Morgan Freeman, Bob Hoskins movie that I used to uh, rent to people at Blockbuster, and that's Unleashed. And did Russ have that as well? I did not. I uh, had really no idea. I said Old Dog. Okay. Mm. It is Unleashed, which I think Danny the Dog is so much of a cooler title. Yeah. 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 I think kids might accidentally rent it then. Though. Yeah. It's like, ooh, Danny the Dog. He's a, he's a, he's a wily dog. <laughs> All right. Number three was Lola Rent. Uh, this one I n- knew. Uh, we actually showed this at one of our local movie clubs. Uh, that is, uh, we and this is the German version of uh, Run Lola Run. 
Uh, yeah, featuring the uh, the great solo one song glory. Uh, it is Run Lola Run. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> that was just a rent joke. Uh, all right, you guys are right. It is Run Lola Run. All right, this one uh, I felt was pretty gettable. Il Bruno, Il Bruto, Il Cattivo. Russ? Uh, yeah, just going by uh, the cadence there, um, I said the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, yeah, we put uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yep, you guys are right. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Number five. Sento Chihiro no Kamikakushi. Russ? Uh, no clue. And I don't know, I assume that's Japanese. So I had nothing. Uh, let's say lost in translation since I obviously am. <laughs> Jeff? Uh, I like how Ken went immediately to me. Um, Sen to Chihiro uh, tracks the journey of a girl named Sen to her journey as a girl named Chihiro in Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away. Yep. Kami Kakushi means to spirit away. And spirited away is correct. Six, Detsyond in Siglet. Let's start with Russ. Yeah, this one I knew. Uh, this was uh, one of the films in uh, one of my film classes. Uh, this is uh, The Seventh Seal. And Triviality? Yeah, through some uh, some reasoning uh, and uh, language uh, deciphering. We guessing? came up, yeah, guessing, or, or better known as guessing. <laughs> we went with The Seventh Seal. Yep, you guys are both right. Oh, so, Russ, you, you did a lot better on this than you had previously let on, I think. Well, let's go to number seven, Ladri de Bicicleta. Start with Russ. Okay. Well, the word that jumps out there is bicicleta. Um, and I remember asking a trivia question about uh, Pee Wee Herman's big adventure being based on the bicycle thief, uh, an Italian movie. So I just said the bicycle thief because that's what jumped out. I don't know if that's right. Team Triviality? Yeah, you uh, you can't uh, listen to a conversation with Martin Scorsese without him mentioning The Bicycle Thief. Wow. Yep, that's that's right. On both counts. Okay. All right, eight. Cidade de Dios. Triviality? Jeff, you want to take this one? It's one of my favorite foreign films, but I'll let you say it. Um, yeah, I, I, I believe this is uh, City of God. From Brazil. And uh, Russ? Yeah, same. The uh, Cidade and Dios jumped out there. Uh, Ciudad being Portuguese for uh, city. Deus, obviously God, so city of God. Yep, you guys are both right. City of God. Uh, number nine, this is one that was beating Neil up and I think maybe just came up with the right answer all all but too late. Yes. Um, Le Scafandre et Le Papillon. Let's start with Russ. Okay. Uh, well, Papillon, obviously, was the word that jumped out there and, and uh, assuming it doesn't have to do with the dog, Papillon, uh, I know that means butterfly, and I assume you wouldn't just ask about the movie Papillon, uh, and so I just said the butterfly effect. Okay. And uh, Neil, you want to go through this one? Yeah, I, I couldn't think of the the name of the movie um, initially, and then my high school French came back to me, and I remembered Papillon means butterfly, and if it's a French movie, it would be the, the diving bell and the butterfly, which ah, okay. uh, when I worked at Starbucks... A, uh, an elderly woman who was a great customer came in uh, and uh, gave me a brand new copy of The Diving Bell and the Butterfly and told me that uh, she was recently divorced and had a house all to herself and I, I'd like to come and have a glass of wine with her and watch that movie. Uh, 
I, I, you know, I declined, but appreciated. How fast did you say yes? I should have said yes, but I, I declined and, and uh, took the movie, though, and so, then watched it. So you finally came up with that, but you locked in with another answer, right? Uh, yes, we locked in with The Lady and the Tramp. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All that being said, we got stuck on Dog, and yeah, that's where we were at. All right. Yeah, it is the diving bell and the butterfly, so no points on this one. And 10, Das Leben der Anderen. I'm sure I'll, I'll know it once we hear it, but we didn't know again, so we also went with a, a movie that was not a foreign film, and we just said uh, The Blade Runner. Okay. Russ? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Leben is love in German, so I just said love, actually. No real reason. It is The Lives of Others. Oh, Anderen is Others. Okay, that's right. Yeah, that's good Neil said, isn't that a place in Star Wars? <laughs> well, yeah, initially I did, and I was like, oh, no, it's Alderaan. <laughs> All right, Very so good. after that round, can we get the new score tally? Sure. Um, Team Triviality got eight right, adding 40 to their score. Russ had five right, adding 50 to his. So <laughs> adding those in, uh, that'll bring the totals to 70 for Triviality and 100 even for Russ. All right, so Triviality trailing a little bit. Russ, how do you feel about uh, about the hard facts coming at Jeff? The hard facts? Uh, boy, that's going to be tough. All right, so let's get started with a vocab question. Oh, and inter- interestingly enough, what German-derived K-word literally translates as the cat's whale and denotes a state of confusion, depression, or a hangover? And by whale, you mean like W-A-I-L? Yes. <laughs> this cat This cat doesn't own a whale. <laughs> I'm locked in then. And I am on my fourth tissue. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm going to just tap out on this one. Wow. Okay. Just tapping. Russ? Uh, well, I just separated the two words. And uh, I think there's a word that is uh, sort of used to describe a state of confusion and a loud noise. Uh, caterwaller? Uh, you're close, but it's Katzenjammer. Katzenjammer. The Katzenjammer kids. Mm. Are you kidding? I was literally going to make that joke, but I didn't know that. Mm. <laughs> well. I asked a question about the Cats and Jammer kids. I know you did. The like, old Cats and Jammer kids. <sighs> I was like, there's no way that's right. I'm done. <laughs> All right. I'm way off course. That's why it it's always pays to just put down an answer. Yep. You never know. Let's, uh, let's move past that one and go to number two. Consisting of about 0.6% of the population, what is the rarest blood type? So it seems the blood has quickly drained from both Russ <laughs> and Jeff. Oh, I locked in. Oh, Russ is in. I'll yeah. lock in. Yeah. Okay, let's start with Russ. Um, it always comes down to a guess between uh, AB negative and O negative. I, no, not O negative. That's me. Um, and B negative. Uh, so in this case, I said AB negative. Uh, I said O positive. The correct answer is AB negative. Mm. Didn't you have that written down, no, Jeff? O positive is the most yeah. common. <laughs> yeah, Jeff had AB negative written down. I saw him cross it out and... Uh, <laughs> Probably should have went with that. Yeah, Jeff is almost doing really well. This round. He's freezing up. All right, number three comes from Jonathan Berlingeri. How you doing, Jonathan Berlingeri? If you overheard my booking a hotel over the phone and the first four numbers of the credit card I provided were 4522, tell me what type of credit card I was using. Oh, I know this one. <laughs> I'm locked in. Uh, I mean, I'm locked in. The bank guy. All right, both uh, players are locked in, so let's start with Jeff. I said Visa. Okay. Russ? Yeah, I just also said Visa since it's the most common, I think. 
Yep, it is Visa. Uh, all Visa numbers start, start with, with four, four and mm-hmm. MasterCard starts with five. So American Express starts with three. There yeah. you go. Good to know. It's also one of the one of the three that doesn't have sixteen digits. Mm. All right. All right, number four. This one is listener submitted from Jason Heaton. Thanks, Jason. In what year did Chevrolet fail to produce the Corvette due to the inability to adhere to updated emissions regulations? Mm. I'm going to lock in. Just a total guess. I'm locked in. <laughs> okay, Jeff's in. Let's start with Jeff. I said 1954. 1954. And uh, Russ? Um, I said 2010. <laughs> So we're not even close. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you were able to go right between those years, uh, 1983 would be the correct answer. Good to know. And moving right along to number five. At atomic number 51, what element symbol is derived from the Latin stibium? Yeah, I'm locked in. Stibium. I'm locked in. I'm going to use it in a sentence. Let's see. And I don't know how to how to say it. Stibium. The doctor walked into the OR and said, "Sir, you have a plush toy stuck in your stibium." <laughs> All right. Let's start with Russ on this one. Nice. Yeah. Um, I've been boning up on periodic table stuff because of this trivia thing coming up, um, and one of those is uh, SB is the symbol, and it is antimony. Or antimony. Jeff? Ooh, I think he's right. I put tin, but I think I was thinking of the wrong one. No, it's antimony. Yeah. With the symbol SB. So it seems as Jeff's been taken down a notch in this. <laughs> well, the next question is, uh, uh, what character is Barbara Gordon known as in the wheelchair in Batman? The Oracle. Oh, no, I was just, I'm walking you know, out. That was just a back. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hard facts. <laughs> Batman. All right. Can we get a score update? Sure. So uh, Russ tacks another 30 onto his score, bringing his to 130. And we add another 10 to ours, bringing our score to 80. All right. It sounds like the listeners are getting better and we're getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. These games of death. That's pretty true. All right. So (laughs) on that note, Russ uh, emailed me. He said uh, he'd like some 80s questions and more specifically 80s music questions, if at all possible. So that's what I have for him. Uh, Russ, who do you want to go up against? Who's the youngest? (laughs) It's uh, Jeff. Jeff. I think we're all born within two years. <laughs> Let's go, Neil. Ooh, Ooh. great. Neil loves '80s music. I do, but I'm not good enough to know names, so we'll see what you happens. You guys can't see his flock of seagulls inspired hair. I am the right youngest. Now. I got a little worried, and then I thought, no, I'd probably do okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've had the '80s station on at work for like two straight months, so. Yeah, but it's pretty clear that you don't have the eye of the tiger today, Jeff. No, no offense, but. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> So Neil Local versus Jim Peterick. <laughs> Neil versus Russ in '80s music. All right, this first question comes to us from David Raffetto. Oh. Thanks for yet another question, David. <laughs> what new wave English band had a top ten hit in 1980 with the song "Turning Japanese"? If they were still making hits today, just imagine the e-cigarette promotional deals. <laughs> <laughs> well, that gives it away. Uh, I'm locked in, honestly. I'm in. All right. Let's start with Neil. I believe it's the Vapors. It is indeed the Vapors. Yeah, and I believe I have uh, I have the Vapors today. <laughs> uh, the Vapors is correct. <laughs> I do declare. So, I do declare. All right, number two. 
Thanks to a cover by Weezer, a lot of people are now familiar with Toto's classic Africa. Less known is the fact that Toto's current vocalist is the son of what film composer? <laughs> yeah. I'm locked in. Oh, um, okay. I'm locked in. All right. Let's start with Russ. That is John Williams. Neil? I also went with John Williams. John Williams is correct. Good job, guys. If you didn't get that, I was going to go... Da-da. <laughs> well, I was thinking about it and I was like where did I just hear this and there's a great podcast called the soundtrack show if you haven't heard it and they do a whole like um, thing about John Williams and I remember doing some extra research after that episode and then found this fact out you know I love other, Africa. That, guy, that guy is obsessed with John Williams <clears throat> yeah he is you know what other great podcast you can hear it on ours <laughs> oh did we say it no somebody uh, a while back had asked me a question about uh, which band features John Williams son and I said Toto yeah. is that oh. so it is so yes. It is so. I blocked it out. All right. Number three. <laughs> what band released their fifth studio album in 1982, seemingly warning the audience with the title of the record? Oh, no. It's blank. So the blank is the name of the band. Oh, no. It's oh, I gotcha. so-and-so. Yeah. I'm locked in. So it was their fifth album. Uh, I don't, don't know this one off the top of my head. Oh, no. It's... It sounds super familiar. Wow. Um... Oh no, it's uh, so fifth album. That means they would have started in the set late seventies, mid to late seventies. Um, oh my man! So yeah, I, I knew I knew I was going to falter at some point. Um, I'm just going to guess. Um, complete guess. Wham! Exclamation point. Oh, I'm sorry, not Wham. Let me. Let me uh, de- <laughs> sorry, Devoe is what I meant to say. There we go. Okay, Russ. <laughs> Uh, it's funny that he used an exclamation point because there is an exclamation point in the title of the album. It's oh no exclamation point. It's Devo. Yep, Ooh. it is Devo. Good job, guys. Somehow Neil pulled that one out. Well, I I know it's per- supposed to be pronounced Devo, so I just I thought the rhyme of oh no, it's Devo. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> ah, well, go. good job. Every dog has his say, especially Danny. Mm. All right, number four. Although vastly more popular for a different song. What musical artists also performed duets released as singles entitled When You Gonna and Learning to Live Without Your Love? The without your love is in uh, parentheses. Um, I'll lock in. It's going to be a guess. Just because I've been listening to some of his music while driving, and I know it's completely wrong. I'm going to put, oh my God, I just forgot his name. Bobby Brown. All right, Russ. I uh, just thought... Uh, who's known for one major song that would be uh, Ray Parker Jr. for Ghostbusters. Mm. So I said Ray Parker Jr. All right, well, take a listen to this here. We got Rick rolled. <laughs> I was going to put Rick <laughs> Astley. It is, it is Rick Astley, guys. I was like, oh, that makes sense, but I'm not going to use that clue. So I had to go down. That's all right. All right, number five. What punk act formed in 1980 found its members in bands such as The Meat Men, Bad Religion, and Fugazi after dissolving. Mm. All right, I'm between Bad Religion and um, No Effects, but I feel like No Effects. Bad Religion is in the question. Or sorry, uh, Black Flag and No Effects. Um, no Effects, I believe, is a lot older than I remember, but I don't think they're that old, where they would have been like 20 in 1980. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with Black Flag. Okay, Russ. <laughs> okay, so... I'm, we're either both right or both wrong, because uh, I uh, was I was thinking Black Flag too, and I locked it in, and then I thought maybe they're a little bit older than that, but I I locked in with Black Flag. 
All right. Well, unfortunately, no points for this one. Ah, the answer correct. is minor, minor threat. threat. Oh, minor mm-hmm. threat. Jeez. Hmm. Okay. It's digging deep. All right. So because I know that guy's also went on to do Fugazi. That's the only reason uh, I remember that. And Mackay and uh, yeah, I, couldn't, okay. I didn't know what year they were founded. Brian Baker and Bad Religion and Lyle Pressler and the Meat Men. I'm gonna see Bad Religion probably the weekend that this comes out. So excited nice. for that. They ride fest again. Yep. Gotcha. They're always a good time. Yeah. All right, uh, so let's get those totals going into the final round. All right, Jeff, I'm going to be tabulating the scores, but uh, it seems like we have a special message. We do. Uh, I just want to thank all of our Patreon supporters out there. They really help keep the show running. Uh, If you'd like to support the show, you can do so for as little as a dollar a month, giving you some great perks, uh, access to our Patreon-only feed, bonus episodes. And if you've really been enjoying the bonus video series that we've been doing, uh, that's basically because we have support from patreon so if uh, if you want to join the illustrious few who've claimed their titles um please do so patreon.com slash triviality podcast all right thank you jeff uh well going into the final round uh it's uh, it's not too tight of a game but uh we have some points that we can wager so i guess that's great um, <laughs> we have so, points <laughs> we have points to wager uh so team triviality is going to have 110 points to work with and russ is going to have a comfortable 160 points to work with that's never comfortable never comfortable all right so here are your final round categories that you'll be uh wagering on the first one is obligatory hockey question Oh, God. Number two will be leading men. Number three will be classifications. Number four will be American politics. And number five will be that's tasty. Ooh. I like that. I haven't eaten today. That's a tasty lick. Ooh, mommy. That's tasty is the last one. Or for all you, what's that thing called? The the noise thing that people like on the internet now? Like the sounds? ASMR. ASMR. That's tasty. They can listen to my raspy, sick voice. We'll just get a bunch of fruit in here and just go... No, I don't <laughs> like that. No. What kind of fruit is that? <laughs> Dragon fruit. I don't an, know. Un, an unbutchered pineapple? I wonder if my beard rubbing on my microphone shut up on the track now. So. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, we're just going to go over some wagers here, Russ. Uh, don't don't write us off. Okay. I write myself it. off. I, I'm not even a good trivia player. I just like making content, editing, and putting things out. So I'm yeah. just here for your entertainment. Are you not entertained? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> okay. So all the bids. Bids? Mm. All right. All the wagers are in. It's time to move on to the question portion. And this first hockey question comes from Matt Doherty. So thanks for this one. Mm. The Montreal Canadiens are the longest continuously operating ice hockey team in the world, but their most interesting piece of history is around the secondary name for both the team and its fans. The name refers to the original settlers from France in the 17th century. What is that secondary nickname? Number two, this is brought to us by Jason Heaton, and it was in Leading Men. There have only been seven occurrences of an actor to have won Best Actor in a Leading Role Award in all five major awards ceremonies, which are the Academy Awards, BAFTA, Screen Actors Guild, Golden Globes, and Critics' Choice. Name two actors that have won that honor or the actor with the role that they played. All right, number three. This is brought to us by Peter Wynn in Classifications. Though no longer widely used, modern-day humans were sometimes classified by not only genus and species, 
which is Homo sapien, but also by a subspecies. What is that subspecies? And four, this one was brought to us by me, and it's in American politics. What American politician sought the presidency in the general election three times and was not able to secure the party nomination two additional times? In the general election, he was defeated by John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson, and Polk. And it happens that he is not a golem. What's his name? And five, that's tasty. Pina colada and kettle corn were recently defeated as of August 2018 in a My Oreo creation contest by what flavor? Okay, so... Um, no, this, the answer one's not bad. Let's go through this real quick. So uh, number one is the Habs. Yeah, 100%. Right? Okay. okay. No idea. Number two, you said you had this one? Yeah, yeah. Um, so not to go into it, but... No, just go for it. Uh, okay. So either two, two of the... Actors or an actor in the role. Yeah. Okay, so... Usually, it, usually when someone wins all of them, they um, when they win like the Screen Actors Guild Oscar, it means it's kind of unanimous. And it's usually for real people. So um, I know for a fact, um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman won it for Capote. Daniel Day Lewis got it for Capote. Lincoln. He swept for Lincoln. I know that for sure. Okay. Do you want to just do Philip Seymour Hoffman and Lincoln? Which one do you like the most? Or Daniel Day Lewis for Lincoln? Are you sure it was all five? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he swept for Lincoln. Um, and then I would say, like... We only need two. I'm just double-checking. Okay. Let me see. Phillips and Rothman. Both high-pitched voice gentlemen. I remember <laughs> I remember Jamie Foxx won all of them. And then the only other person I can think of that, like, really swept was, oh, like... Oh, for Ray? Jamie, Jamie yeah. Foxx won for Ray? Yeah. I could see that. Was um the was guy from man. Amadeus, was that? I don't... It didn't start happening until, um, until like... So it's 2000s, okay. yeah, where everyone was like sweeping everything. Okay, so, um, so I just know for sure. I know for sure Daniel Day Lewis. No one voted against him. That he so won all of them. Dan, Lincoln. Do you yeah. want to just do Daniel Day Lewis, Lincoln, Lincoln as our final yeah. answer? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. I wanted to do a quick clarification on question three about classifications. The father of modern taxonomy, Carl Linnaeus, is considered the type specimen for this subspecies. Okay. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I'm Jane Perlez longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? 
Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. We are locked in. Are you all set? All right, good go. So both teams are all locked in after some discussion over here on the triviality side. Um, so number one uh, wants to know the alternate name for the Montreal Canadiens and their fans. Uh, let's start with Russ. Uh, he wagered zero points on this question, so it's not a huge deal. <laughs> yeah, the rare it's very rare that I know hockey answer, man, but this one happens to be one that I think I know anyway. I said that's H-A-B-S. Okay. And triviality with a big 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something that I always heard on SportsCenter that I didn't understand and I still probably don't understand, but they call it the Canadians. Even though Ken just explained it in the question? Well, yeah, I stopped listening. It's, <laughs> I, Canadians, alternate name, it's the Habs. Yep, the answer is the Habs or the Habitants. Uh, the nickname refers to the original inhabitants of the Montreal area as New France. So there you have it for at least uh, the rest of probably today. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so triviality picks up 30 points on that one. And uh, Russ stays the same. Next question. There have been seven occurrences of actors to have won the Best Actor in a Leading Role Award in all five major awards ceremonies. I needed either uh, the actor, uh, two of the actors, or the actor and the role that they played. So let's start with triviality on this one. Again, going big uh, with 30 points. Uh, just kind of recap what we were talking about. Uh, my reasoning was uh, most of the times when uh, an actor sweeps all of those, uh, a lot of times it's for a character that people wouldn't want to vote against, uh, which means a real person if they portray them correctly. So the names they threw out were um, Cap- uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman for Capote. Uh, I believe Jamie Foxx did it for Ray. Um, I uh, I believe um, Jeffrey Rush might did it for Shine for the piano player. Uh, but the answer we went with, which I was 100% sure on uh, because it was recent uh, and for lack of a better joke, it was uh, Spielberg. Uh, I believe it was uh, um, Daniel Day-Lewis for Lincoln. Okay, Daniel Day-Lewis and Lincoln. Uh, what did Russ have? He bet 10 points on this one, so staying conservative. Yep, uh, that was one of the two uh, actors that I had written down. I had Daniel Day-Lewis for Lincoln and uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker. Uh, but I uh, ended up going with Daniel Day-Lewis as Lincoln. All right. Looks like both uh, competitors are getting points on this one. And to add a little bit of an edge, uh, that actually brings the scores tied at 170 Ooh. each. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm now dead. All right. <laughs> so the uh, list here I have is Jeffrey Rush for his role in Shine, one. Jamie Foxx in Ray, two. Philip Seymour Hoffman in Capote, three. Forrest Whitaker, The Last King of Scotland, Daniel Day-Lewis for There Will Be Blood, hmm. Colin Firth for The King's Speech, and Daniel Day-Lewis again for Lincoln. He did it twice. So that's why I worded the question kind of bizarrely. Right. It's because technically you could have answered <clears throat> Daniel Day-Lewis and Daniel Day-Lewis. 
Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about there will be blood. That's a good point. Yeah. And I'm disappointed Neil only had four complete pairs out of the seven. And again, thank you to Matt Doherty for that first question on the hockey and Jason Heaton for the second question. Uh, we have uh, Peter Wynn here for the uh, third question. Again, uh, though not widely used, modern-day humans were sometimes classified not only by genus and species, homo sapiens, but also by subspecies. Need to know the name of that subspecies. Triviality bet 10 on this one. So let's get their answer first. Um, I, f- I feel like I've heard um, the extra classification before as being homo sapiens sapiens. So we said sapiens. That's a silly answer. And uh, Russ, you bet zero. Okay. What did you have? Yeah, now I think I do remember hearing that. But um, I, the only other thing I've heard, and I know this isn't right, but I said homo uh, erectus. Okay. And since I had zero points, it didn't really matter. <laughs> So, uh, Triviality is picking up another 10 on this oh, one. Right. It is Homo sapiens sapiens. Nice. Just listen to Jeff. I had no idea on that yeah, one. We almost talked him out of it, though. Don't worry. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's one that uh, Triviality was uh, struggling on a little bit. What American politician sought the presidency in the general election three times? Lost all three of those to uh, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson, and Polk. Failed to secure the party nomination two additional times and is not a golem. Uh, what did you have, Russ? You wagered 10 points. When you said Gollum, I kind of thought, is it Smeagol? But uh, I uh, went with Henry Clay for my yeah. 10 points. Okay, and Triviality with 30 points on the line here. What did you have? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we were just thinking of famous uh, Gollums. <laughs> <laughs> and we got, uh, we got stuck on uh, the thing. His name is uh, Ben Grimm, right? Hmm. Thought Grimm sounds like an old-timey name, and we locked in with Grimm. Well, uh, Russ is correct here. Uh, sometimes when you think of golems, you think of clay. Yep. It's Henry Clay. Oh, wow. And number five, that's tasty. Pina colada and kettle corn were recently defeated as of August 2018 in a My Oreo creation contest by what flavor? Let's start with Russ here. He wagered 10. I uh, just wrote a question about this <laughs> in the uh, what's going on current events round. Um, I believe that is cherry cola. Cherry, cherry cola and cherry triviality. Yeah, Wagered sav- ten on this one. Savage Garden would call it cherry cola. I believe. Chicken and cherry cola. We we argued about a lot of things on here. I I just was in the cookie aisle because I was having a sad day. I saw. I saw. I believe there is a cookie dough flavor, but it might not be for the contest. So I said cookie dough. And the answer is Cherry Cola. So Russell increases score. Uh, it looks like both teams have actually increased their scores by 30 on this final round. So well, we, let's, we had caught up and fell behind. Let's get, the, let's get those final scores. All right. Uh, so after tabulating those scores, uh, Triviality coming in with a very respectable 140. Um, but today's winner is going to be Russ with 190. Wow. Thanks, We'll cue up that uh, that next snap again. Let's hear it. Fatality. Been hearing that a lot lately. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. getting kind of familiar. We were pretty close there. If that, we that's two yeah. of us knocked off. If, if if each of those next snaps is just one of us, we're we we're just sort of, of uh, we just sort of joke wagered on American politics, but. I guess if we would have bet, I don't know, something conservative, we might have come close, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if we actually, that would have been uh, 
a 30 point swing so yeah i still wouldn't have won yeah no if we got it right we would have won well triviality put up a hell of a fight but it looks like russ friedewald has thrown them from the pagoda and our uh dead corpses are laying on the bottom (laughs) so that's kind of how i showed up today (laughs) yeah yeah we're gonna have to have some sort of uh page on the site of people who have towered the pagoda Mm -hmm. and then we'll do some sort of i don't know pagoda tournament later on there you go. Um, yeah, we love tournaments now. Yeah. As you can tell from our video series. Exactly. Um, so how do you feel, Russ? Uh, what are you going to do with, with your winnings? I love it. Add a gr- <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go to Peoria. Yeah. Spend all my winnings. Yeah. I had a great time. Uh, I love the show. So it was a big honor to be a part of well, today's you. recording. So yeah, thanks, thanks for, for coming me. on. I was just trying to figure out what the exchange rate is on corpses, but oh, okay. in Peoria, <laughs> big money. <laughs> big money. Yeah, thank exactly. you for thank you for being a listener and a supporter. We always love uh, interacting with you uh, on Facebook, and uh, we'll have to have you back on uh, for a regular game. But more importantly, uh, you are a great host uh, from what we've heard. So if you'd like to come on and host a game uh, anytime you're available, just let us know. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, make sure to check out Russ's uh, trivia workshop on Facebook.com/slash/triviaworkshop. Um, and without further ado, uh, I want to thank Russ for being our guest today and for my co-host in the studio, Jeff, Matt, Neil. I am Ken. We'll see you next time if I'm still alive. And that was Triviality. Excuse me. Are you the guy that did an entire Law & Order episode for his audition? Nope. In the criminal justice system, the people are represented by two separate but equally important groups. The police who investigate the crimes and the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders. These are their stories.